This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. I think about drugs. It's a thought. The action. I'm going to try it. What happens? It's a habit. Character. You're a drug addict. Destiny. Death. How you think is very important. I'm not trying to say to put mind over matters the world, but the mind. No, we depend on Christ. We put on the mind of Christ. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Paul writes, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct them? How are we going to know? He said, But we have the mind of Christ. Taking your thoughts captive when they first enter your mind is a great help when you're trying to follow Jesus. Because you live in a fallen world where evil doesn't care who you are, you'll have unholy thoughts. Pastor Eddie will remind you today that it's essential to turn those thoughts over to Jesus immediately, or they can dig into your soul and wreak havoc. It can't be done simply by mind over matter or other personal disciplines. It's much easier just to let Jesus handle it. He will, too, every time. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Romans chapter 12 with today's edition of Running the Race. Sometimes for me, it's like, Lord, what can I do? I know there's nothing I can, I know that, but Lord, what can I do? to show how much I love you. How much can I give? I'm tired of cutting corners. You never cut corners for me. You've done everything for me, and I didn't deserve it. I want my life to be acceptable. And some people will say, well, Lord, that's what I'm willing to offer you, just a portion. I have this whole life in front of me. I'm busy. I have all this. I have, I'm career-minded. I'm sports-minded. I'm, I'm you know, worldly-minded. And I'll try to fit you in. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was holy. He was acceptable. He was perfect and satisfying. And the word propitiation, that means he was fully satisfied. It's not just a sacrifice, but it was a satisfying sacrifice. There have been many sacrifices, even in the Old Testament, that, you know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't completely acceptable by God because it was by his grace, but they had to do it. I'm pretty sure, you know, not that we care about other gods and their sacrifice, but no sacrifice was perfect and none was satisfying. But in that of Jesus Christ, he was completely satisfying. And so we need to remember this, saints. When we think about this, before we were condemned, we use our bodies, we use our minds and everything for sinful pleasures. And guess what? We deserve the wrath of God and the, you know, for sins and wickedness, but because of God's grace through his son, Jesus Christ. You don't think that, you know, that just because, you know, you fall under God's grace, yes, there is grace. And I don't think you understand grace until you understand the wrath of God. Never. We, we just live on grace, 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 grace. And it, people think it's a license to continue to sin and live the way you want to. God understands. Yeah, God knows. But you know, here's the thing. God would always judge his people first. Not condemnation, but he would bring judgment to his people first. 
He chastens those whom he loves. And why? Because he loves you before he does the world. And the time will come with the world. It definitely will come. And so we need to separate ourselves. We need to completely be holy and acceptable. But now, because we have, through Christ, we've been justified, sanctified, we present our bodies holy and acceptable to the Lord. And why is that? You know, it's so important. Why is that? Because, listen, this may not mean nothing to anybody, but this is real. When you accepted Christ, who's in you? God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we have this thing that God is, you know, he's just here and there. He's in the church. When I walk out, he's not with me. (laughs) He's with you. He dwells in you. He's always with us. He's not miles away that we got to yell and shout to the mountaintops. No, he's always with us. He's in us. And this is why it's so important because if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, why do we use our bodies to glorify the world or for sinful pleasures when Christ is in us? And I think about that even more so now. More and more I'm watching less TV because there's really nothing. My wife and I only watch Leave it to Beaver. We do. Little House in the Prairie, you know, because there's nothing else on TV. We like the old classic. And I just, because I just like it anyway, I like the old classic stuff. And it's the truth. Why? Because there's nothing on TV. But, you know, when we watch TV, this is the one thing I've always asked myself, to bring conviction. Every time when you watch something, whether you go to the movies, if Christ was sitting next to you, would you be watching what you're watching on TV, on your computer, on your phone? Paul writes to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 and 20. All the Corinthians, you may want to study that. 15, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So he said, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were brought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Always consider your body. Now, you may not be one who takes care of the body, but this is one area where the reason why you should. I'm not talking about weights and everything. All that is good. I'm going to get to that a little bit. I'm talking about spiritual. If God dwells in our heart and the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart, why allow these ungodly things to be in with you and be a part of you? 
Don't defile your body. Don't let your eyes sin. Don't let your heart sin. Keep your body God's temple. Stay away. Run. As Joseph did. Joseph ran. Because why? God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He's not into time sharing. He wants all your heart. He wants all your body, your mind, your soul. He wants to bless you. When you do things right, then you know. You do things according to God's word, and you're faithful to that. You'd be surprised. You probably would never. You'd be surprised at what God could do in your life. But we have so many excuses to, to for our sins, and and is is only killing you. Is <laughs> only separating you from God. Then why, why, why? We ask the Lord. Well, what are you doing with your body? Now, many people like to take this term, and, and I've seen it so many times, you know. I had a co-worker of mine who was a Christian, but everything was, he was, oh, you could tell, he was a bodybuilder, you know, everything was, and he tried to spiritualize everything. He spiritualized, those things are good. Paul said to Timothy, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he says, For the body exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, Paul is not saying that exercise, if you exercise, this is not saying that, you know, okay, it doesn't profit much. That's what he's saying. And it's only mentioned one time. Well, people like to say the temple of the body. There are so much scriptures that really talks about the body being a place for the spirit to dwell in you and for you to glorify God with your bodies. I've seen people that take that and they want to spiritualize their little programs. You know, they're more into the gym than they are in the sanctuary. Again, this is okay. If this is something that you do, this is your job, this is fine. But don't spiritualize it. Because the most important thing with your body is, and we could work hard, but guess what? The bottom line is, no matter how hard you work and how good shape you are, it really doesn't matter when you stand before God. You know, you can't say, well, Lord, you know, I really did all this work, you know, and guess what? You know, what about your relationship with me? Now, I'm putting that aside. Can you imagine even the church of Ephesus? The church of Ephesus was a church that was theologically sound. Paul probably spent at least... Out of any church, he's, with the church of Ephesus, he stayed with them the longest, three to four years. And so they became scholars. That was a good thing, but the bad thing was that Jesus says, you know, I know your works, but you have left your first love. You have all theology, you have ministry, you know everything about God, but you left your first love. And so you see, there is a balance of things, but when it comes to, I don't balance God with the world. There is no balancing. God is first. I don't need a balance. I balance other things in life. But I don't say, well, God, I want to give you enough time as much as the world, okay? I'm going to give you enough Bible, you know, maybe a little bit more of my life and my hobbies and everything. No, there's no balancing. I don't even put God on a scale. God's never on a scale. That's insulting to put God on a scale. It's insulting for me to have a relationship with my wife and my kids and say, well, I'm going to balance out my time with you, sweetie. And then everybody else. No, my wife is first. And so in the same way, God should. So where we spend so much time is dangerous. And so we need to work the body, the spiritual body, to glorify God, to glorify God. Don't get into the old ways because if you keep getting into the old ways, you're not growing spiritually. You're not maturing in God. 
and those trials and tribulations that come, you're never going to be strong because you don't have doctrine. And because you don't have doctrine, you don't put into practice the practical things. And laying down your life, making it holy and acceptable to God. My mind, I want it to be holy and acceptable to God. You know, we could fool the world. We even fool ourselves thinking that because we think certain things that it's okay. We entertain it in our mind. But I tell you this, if I took the cable from these monitors and if I could connect that cable to the back of your head and if it were to display everything, that all your thoughts that you ever had, you wouldn't be able to sit here. You would leave out of embarrassment. But the reality is that God sees that. So don't entertain that. Your heart, God knows your heart. And God knows where you are, where you spend your time. And so he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable indicates that such a gift is the only rational reaction to all the good gifts God has already given us. He has showered us with so much. So it's reasonable. It's reasonable. You can't save yourself. Why not give God your life completely? Not just say, yes, I'm a Christian by title. I do the Christian things. I speak Christianese and I know Bibles and I quote verses and and I am part of the ministry. No, but really your life. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present, as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, we're not to conform according to the world. That is the world system. The world system. The Bible speaks of three worlds. For God so loved the world, God is talking about people. God created the world, you know, the world, talking about the earth. But there's also a world, a world system that we should not be conformed to. As we continue to please God with our lives, we are to avoid to be conformed to the world. Conform is to be formed, to be molded, to be fashioned, to be shaped. J.B. Phillips writes this. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. And usually we've done that. And we know Satan is he's the priest of the air. He's right now ruling and reigning only for a season. But currently he controls the world system. He controls everything. And he wants to control the way you think. And he's not after those who don't believe in Christ because he already has them. You know what's target? You're the target. Christians, you're the target. He doesn't have to waste time for people that already refused and rejected Christ who are heading towards eternal damnation. He doesn't care about them because he already has them. He's going to go after the Christian, and he's going to make things so pleasing so that it'll be hard for the Christian to remain and stay faithful to God. The world wants to control everything around us. We see it in television, in computer, in tablets, in our phones, in the billboards. How you control the way you should think, the way you should be politically correct, the way you should embrace what God calls evil. Well, because the world says it's okay, well, it's not okay. Well, you need to be politically correct. No, I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm going to be biblically correct. And I make no apologies, you know, for speaking truth. I never do. I never will. If I'm speaking of my own, then yes. The world controls the way you vote, the way you buy and sell, whether to supersize or just keep it, you know, medium, right? Medium back in those days was large in my days. But it controls everything, how you buy, how you sell, 
the world controls you. Now, we need to be clear about this area of conformity and nonconformity because by nature, we're conformists in a way that we adapt to our surroundings. We do adapt to our culture in a way. Paul is not talking about being conformed. Okay, we can't use cars. We're going to use buggies and horses because the world uses it. And we can't go to the salon and you know, get your hair done or paint your nails. Or you can't go to the movies because the world goes to the movies. Now, he's not talking about those things. He's talking about imitating evil. That's what he's talking about. So it's okay to go to the movies. I was raised up in a church where they say you can't go to the movies. You know, I was just being obedient. Didn't know. But it was legalism. And that's what happens when we say we don't want to be conformed so much that we don't want to be like the world. We have to dress a certain way, have our little communities. And then all of a sudden, we're acting as if we're better than those outside our community And we're saying that we're more spiritual and holy, and what we become is more or less like Pharisees. That's doing nothing. But he's speaking about, you know, living in a sinful way, you know, the way the world does, the world system. And it is a world system. First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17, John writes, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's what he's talking about, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. And so what's passing away? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the very three things that Satan actually showed Eve, the very three things that Satan tried to tempt Christ when he was fasting. Those are the things he wants to... These are the three things the enemy always wanted to uh, attempt you in. And those things are going to pass. Those are the things. John didn't say, well, the world is passing away and it's camels and it's horses and it's tent. No, he's talking about the things that are displeasing to the Lord, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And do not be conformed to this world, verse 2, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in the Greek, this is what Paul is saying in the language is as if he's telling the church in Rome to stop being like the world. In other words, they were still living like the way you say, stop being like the world. The word transform in the Greek is metamorpho, which is where we get the English word metamorphosis. And, and it's really mentioned four times in the New Testament. It means to change, to change from the outside in. And so to be transformed means to go above. This is what Paul, he's telling us to go above the way that we used to be. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we already talked about this because it all starts from the mind. Believe it or not. You know, Paul says, I take every thought captive in Corinthians Every thought, you think take it captive. We just spoke a little bit about this. Take it captive because it goes from here, 18 inches to the heart. You get a thought, from a thought become an action, from an action become a habit, from a habit you develop a character, from a character your destiny. Just a thought. A thought, I think about something. Let's say I think about drugs, it's a thought. And the action, I'm going to try it. What happened? It's a habit, a character. You're a drug addict. Destiny, death. How you think is very important. I'm not trying to say to put mind over matters of the world, put the mind. No, we depend on Christ. We put on the mind of Christ. As in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul writes, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct them? How are we going to know? 
He said, but we have the mind of Christ. How do you know how you ought to live? How are you to be an example to your community as a believe in Christ? I love what John Corson says. He says, are you a thermometer adjusting to the temperature of the culture? Or are you a thermostat changing the climate of the culture? And that is so true. There are some Christians who are thermostats, and there are some Christians who are thermometers. Thermometers, well, why are you cold? Well, that's the culture I want to live in, and it just seems so nice. And I know it's cold, but I'm, yeah, I am cold. Oh, you want to be a thermostat? Yeah, the world and the culture needs Jesus. <laughs> you know, let's change it. Let's kick it up a notch. Let's put some, you know, some fire, the fire of, you know, not the fires of hell, the fire of the Holy Spirit, you know? And so that's how we often live. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, for the sake of time, we're going to have to continue this in our next study. And I think it's important because there's a lot of gold in here because the most common question, the most common question, you've probably asked this, I bet every single person in this room, every single person have asked, what is God's will for my life? Even when God has revealed it to you at least one time, you want to know what's the next will for your life. And so we live in God's will. So what is God's will for my life? And so you want to know. And sometimes that's the most common question that I get all the time. I don't know what God's will for my life. Take it home and study. But I give you a little clue here. Perfect will. Because there's God's permissible will. And then there's God's perfect will. And many of us just fall in what's permissible, what God allows. And God would accept, but it's not God's perfect will. I've seen many people walk out, yes, it's of the Lord. Yes, what you're doing is ministry. Yes, what you're doing is of God. But is it God's perfect will for your life? I know many have been into the ministry. They just go on ahead, get off the diving board, they jump into it, but it wasn't God's perfect will. Perfect example, Samuel. You know, the children of Israel, they wanted a king. We never had a king. What does Israel mean? It means governed by God. God wanted to govern. God didn't want a king. But they say, we want a king, Samuel. Go, you're the prophet. Go talk to God. You know, all the other nations have a king, you know, with a crown, and we want that too. It kept going, it kept going. Guess what happened? The Lord said, Oy vey. No, he didn't say that. He said, Give them a king. And the first king was who? Saul. And how beautiful did that turn out? You see, God wanted to be you. It wasn't God's perfect will, it never was. But God permitted it. And so, how do you determine the two? You could wait next week because if Christ comes, now you know his will. You'd be in heaven with him, right? The book of Romans gives us a unique review of scriptural doctrine. As we continue to learn from this New Testament book, we'll also discover the gospel's powerful message throughout and discover practical life application with it as well. We pray Eddie's message on running the race has been an encouragement to you and that you're eager to learn more about the gospel message and how it applies to you. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad that you are one of our listeners. We'd also like to encourage you to find a local church where you can be part of a community that's growing together in faith. With that in mind, 
Here's Tracy. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. That website, once again, is runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can also listen to more messages by Eddie or download them to take with you on the go. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more on the Book of Romans right here on Running the Race. I'm